Hi, I'm Megan. And 34 years ago, my life started in diapers. And I'm Lauren. And 33 years ago, my life started in diapers. Jill and I'm Ashley and welcome to poverty pitfalls and the price of diapers today we are very excited to talk to two pretty incredible young ladies Lauren and Megan and we talk about all kinds of things a little bit heavy hitting on the mental health which I feel like is appropriate with the holidays approaching and um their new business that they have launched called the matrescence I have to say ad- it rhymes with adolescence so I have to say adolescence and then I can say the matrescence um which is really cool. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Yeah, let's get going. Can you hear that screaming baby on your end? Mm, I can't. No. Okay. 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 Great. <laughs> My gosh, how stressful. Is that so stressful for you guys? I mean, are you used to he, it? He's yeah, the sixth. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He'll be, he'll be uh, okay. okay. First, I'd probably be crying and sweating, but. Uh, yeah, I only have one and I did not handle the baby. I mean, six is different, but yeah, I could not handle the crying baby. So I was, when I'm driving, it drives me more not. really like, but now really? he's safe in a crib and he's tired. Like he's just fighting. He's going to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> welcome Lord and Megan. for having us. Thank you. We're excited to talk to you today about all kinds of things, who you are and what you're doing right now. I can't wait for our listeners to hear. So um, I think we'll dive right in. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your early lives, um, whatever you're willing to share, and then kind of how you guys got to know each other? Sure. Absolutely. I'll go first since my yeah. life started first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a very rural community here in Southwest Missouri. Um, I have two siblings. We have um, a wonderful family dynamic. I was very lucky, um, raised with my mom and my dad and surrounded by grandparents and cousins. And that was a huge part of my life. Um, and still is to this day, which is one of the reasons that my husband and I moved our family back here a few years ago from Chicago, where we kind of started Mm. our little family. And then, um, we wanted them to grow up with the same thing and to know their grandparents and their cousins. Um, and then Lauren and I met several years ago, um, through our husbands after we each started families and we've been best friends ever since. Ah, awesome. <laughs> Lauren, tell us about your past, kind of where you grew up, what, what life was like growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that Megan and I just met a few years ago. Cause we kind of grew up, grew up alongside one another without really knowing it and met after college. Um, I grew up in Springfield, so pretty close to Lockwood where Megan uh, grew up and I had a really, um, pretty, wonderful childhood. Really. I, um, grew up with two siblings and we were really close with all of our, you know, cousins and extended family as well. And, um, I felt very fortunate to grow up in the family unit that I did. And Mm -hmm. it's allowed me to recognize how crucial that support is, um, as a child. And I've really enjoyed doing the research through school on the impact of that. Um, 
and the impact of the family dynamic and kind of what you grow up in. And as we've kind of dove um, more into um, kind of the platform that we're building, just really focusing on how important those um, childhood years are. So I feel very fortunate as I learn more about that, um, that I did grow up in a very a supportive and loving family and had a village and lots of um, mm-hmm. love around me. So that village is so important, isn't it? I think it just whether it's blood family or the family you meet and make along the way, it's incredibly yeah. important. It is. I don't know. I don't know how people uh, do it without that village. And I know that people do it all the time. And I, I look up to people that um, don't have the support that they need because like Megan said, we kind of move both move back closer to family and have, you know, kind of, um, the support system that you would dream of. So I, I feel very grateful that I have that. And sometimes, um, when I don't have it as much and when there's other things going on and stuff, I feel it. So I feel Mm -hmm. for those mamas and those families that don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, um, dive into the platform and the business that you're building a little bit, but first you guys are also building your own little villages. That's kind of um, how the matrescence was born was really out of personal um, struggles and um, wanting to seek validation in our feelings and build connection um, with friends and just other family members that are walking through this. So my little village consists of three little ones under five. My oldest is about to be five uh, mm. in a couple of weeks. I'll have to stop saying that, but about, uh, <laughs> four, three and a one-year-old that keep me on my toes mm. and I need all the support that I can get right now. And I'm proud to say I'm finally able to ask for it where I was not good at asking for it for years. Um, but now I um, embrace it with open arms when it's offered to me. Mm. Yeah. That's a hard lesson to learn, right? Asking for that support. I think it is. I feel like society has kind of put this expectation on moms to continue to wear more hats and climb the corporate ladder and do all the things and make it look pretty, um, (laughs) with filters and whatever highlight reels and all of that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, really the passion for this space came from a personal recognition of how, um, bad moms are struggling and how much support that moms need. And really, um, the pitfalls that we came into, even though we, like we said, kind of have that support system that you would dream of. So, and then, you know, working in healthcare and we have, um, you know, I grew up with a baby on my hip since I was old enough to hold one. I always had children (laughs) around me. So if I was going to struggle in motherhood, um, with anything from, you know, trying to conceive all the way through veteran mom of three, just, burnt out and trying to wear all the hats. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I struggled, um, there's so many people out there who are going through the same or worse struggles than I am. Mm -hmm. Lauren, how how old are your kids? Yeah. So my, my little village started six years ago. I have a kindergartner, um, and he's wonderful. He also has kind of, um, been a huge part of this path for me. Um, he was diagnosed with epilepsy when he was two Oh wow! and it makes me choke up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That was a huge eye opener to how important that village is and just, um, you know, how life can change so quickly. And, um, yeah, I mean, motherhood is so joyful and we never want our platform to be a fear mongering space that it's hard and you need support. And, 
Um, we feel very fortunate in many, many, many aspects of motherhood, but it is still hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where my, um, passion for the mental health space come, came from. It kind of knocked me on my tushy and gave me a reality check and, um, yeah, he's doing really great. I'm happy to say so. Oh, good. Um, yeah, he's great. And then I have a three and a half year old who's kind of my um, spicy one who keeps <laughs> my toes and has an attitude and um, but is sweet as pie. He's like a sour patch kid. And then I have an eight month old. Oh my gosh. I have all boys. So I've got my little boy tribe and wow. Um, he's great. He's pretty even keeled and um fits right into the family. So that's awesome. Do you guys totally off topic? Do you follow? There's a guy on Instagram who um, does birth order posts about kids. I think his name is TJ Theron. He, it is hilarious. If you have three kids, he's always talking about oldest, middle and youngest. You should definitely look him up and check I, him out because absolutely it's, yeah it's I, fit it, it fit it to a t yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny I only have one but I still think what he posts is hilarious and I'm like yeah. oh my gosh this is really funny yeah there and really is something about birth order and yes. we're both funny. middles so we can we're oh, like funny hey, you know we have done that <laughs> like I am that person and then I'm like that's why my, my daughter is me and it's my mom calls it karma so yeah that, that is another word for it. Um, so tell just, I, I, you, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, but tell us about, I'm going to say it wrong. And I know it rhymes with adolescence, <laughs> matrescence. There we go. <laughs> tell us about matrescence tell yeah, us a little bit um, more about that journey. And if you don't mind more about like the mental health struggles, because I think that is such, it's such a hard thing and there's still such a stigma. It's been interesting. It is, you know, the stigma is starting to be chipped away at, but it still very much exists. Mm -hmm. And I feel like women in our generation very much kind of hold on to like how their moms feel about it. Cause that's kind of the first person a lot of people go to, to talk about it. And you kind of get this narrative that like, yeah, it's just hard, you know, you'll get through it. And, um, that can be the case, you know, I mean, there's a very large realm of, um, what struggling may look like, you know, it can be, you know, building up your toolkit as far as, you know, you might just need a little bit more support or, um, some sunshine in your life, you know, literal, like walking out in the sun, um, all the way through, you know, intensive therapy and medication. And that's going to change based on the season that you're in. And, um, we have really kind of, I, I laugh. I'm just like, you know, I embarrass my husband sometimes. Cause I'm just like, I'm just going to put my crazy out there because if it helps one person, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I've kind of served my mission. So it kind of really started as me just sharing, um, what happened with me after I had my second. And like I said, I think it stemmed from an epilepsy diagnosis while I was pregnant with my second. And that started a narrative in my head that I was a bad mom and I did something to cause it. And I don't deserve a second child. And it just spiraled from there with the sleep deprivation and, you know, checking on my first a hundred times a night in between breastfeeding my second several times a night. And, um, I, dealt with anxiety a little bit my whole life. So I thought I knew, um, how to recognize it. And I worked in healthcare and I have a very supportive, um, husband and my sister lives across the street and I'm with Megan every day. And so I just never thought I would be one to struggle. Um, and I fell through the cracks of the healthcare system and my support system and my own threshold of knowing, um, kind of what to look for. And, struggled horribly. Mm -hmm. I was in a pretty dark place and had really bad, um, postpartum anxiety and intrusive thoughts. And 
they just spiraled out of control. And for over a year, I missed out on my second child's life and just was not, I was just a shell of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so personal, um, personal experience. And then professionally, I was in the NICU. I've also worked in um, pediatric oncology and seeing those moms struggle and kind of fall through the cracks, all focus shifts to baby and kids. And these moms didn't have the support they needed. You know, they had just been through a traumatic birth or a traumatic experience, or they were, you know, going through um, treatment for a child and um, they just didn't have the support that they needed. So kind of recognizing both personally and professionally that these moms were just struggling um, and that there's a huge gap between uh, like a, your OB and finding the resources that you need and um, kind of navigating that space. And it's mm-hmm. hard even if you, you know, are in a good mental health space. So if you're navigating in the fog of the postpartum period, or you're navigating in the fog of a, um, illness with your child, it's, it's even harder to find the resources that exist. So the idea for the matrescents really came from what do I wish I would have had? What, what could have helped me, um, not fall through the cracks and not struggle and really creating this space, um, from that perspective, you know, everything, all the offerings that we have come up with and have introduced in the app are things that we think would have helped us avoid the pitfalls that we face. Mm. So what are some of those things that you're offering? So we have, um, a workshop once a month with an industry professional that really educates our audience on different topics that, um, can cause stress in motherhood and then eventually can affect your mental health. So this month we're talking about nutrition and, um, kind of putting an end to the diet culture and supporting moms on intuitive eating. And then also being a role model for your children and creating that narrative for them. We've worked with a pediatrician on maternal attachment, which we were speaking on earlier. Those, um, early childhood years are really so, so important to build up that attachment. Um, and then we also have group support calls. So that's really where we build our village. It's just a super casual conversation. We do it over zoom. Some people have their cameras on off nursing your baby, taking a run, eating lunch, whatever you're doing, but just knowing that there are people that are in it with you. There are people up in the middle of the night with you. So that was one thing we loved about the app. Some of the, our lowest points happened in the middle of the night when you felt all alone and like, this is never going to end. Or when that sun started to set, you're like, oh my gosh, like it can feel very isolating. So knowing you have a safe space to go. So it is, um, a members only app, There's discussion boards, groups you can join. Um, There's a library of resources. So if you're struggling with getting ready to go back to work and pumping, you can watch a quick guide. You can read a little Mm. document we've put together. All these resources that um, are up to date, they're science-backed, they're either um, well-researched or collaborated on with a professional. So it's not... um, just another person's opinion or mommy right. blogger influence or um, discussion boards from 2007 that are outdated and no one's going to respond to. <laughs> That's um, where I spent a lot of time. <laughs> like, no one's going to answer me. <laughs> and you can get down this hole on the internet or Facebook or wherever you are looking for the answer you want to see. Um, yeah. So um, we're, we're really trying to make sure that everything that is in the app is credible and up-to-date and, yeah. and useful, not just opinion-based. 
Um, and then we have some great partnerships. Um, if you're looking for a therapy option, we have partnered with dot-com therapy, which is a teletherapy company mm-hmm. and they're offering our members a 30% discount, which is really huge. And even more importantly than that sometimes is the wait time is 48 hours versus here in Kansas city. If you're looking for a perinatal therapist can be, um, months, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it's really sad, um, reality that we're facing in this time, um, postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression rates throughout the pandemic have skyrocketed probably to no one's surprise. Um, but providers haven't skyrocketed, um, right quite yet. So we really need to catch up there. Um, yeah. We're and it's the providers off. have probably even gone down a little bit because if you've heard it's been the great resignation and yes. people are leaving their jobs by the droves. So, yeah, we're really hoping that the, um, teletherapy option can kind of bridge that gap. You know, if someone mm-hmm. does want to see a person face to face and there is value to that, um, at times as well, but just kind of bridging that gap, if there is a way and you need help now, um, mm-hmm. or just giving someone an option, if they don't have childcare, all those barriers that exist, it's just a quick push of a button away and you can connect with someone and, um, kind of start that healing process. That's wonderful. And then I assume it's like, right. You know, cause I, I think that's another, I I'm, thrilled to hear that you guys have partnered with what is it called dot com or yeah dot com okay dot com therapy um because it is really hard to find therapy i think in any arena right now um but the other piece is finding the right therapist so i'm guessing especially since that dot com therapy um happens so quickly it's probably even quicker to get to the right person. Hopefully the first person is the right person. That's what you hope, but, um, that's not always the case, which can also, you know, just my own personal experience that can be even more devastating or more of a setback, right? This is a deterrent for sure. Like it took so hard to get to that one person to take that initial step. I mean, mental health seeking treatment at all, is scary. I think everyone needs a little bit of therapy. Oh, agree. You know, I don't think you have to be in the trenches to really have a third party sounding board mm-hmm. and someone that's neutral and someone that can just help you see things from a different perspective and give you some direction. Um, the more that I've been in the clinic setting and really seeing these changes happen, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these people aren't clinically struggling or on medication or anything, you know, it's, there's a very broad range of struggling in mental health. And I love that um, some people have taken that initial step and are in therapy and getting the help that they need to really just be the best version of themselves. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool to watch it happen. So um, I'm trying to break that down a little bit just within inner circle that, you know, you don't have to be in the trenches and, you know, diagnosed. therapy is the best. Can yeah, you imagine if I think we've talked about that on this before, Ashley, but uh-huh. if every single person was in therapy, can you imagine how much better the world would be? Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's a really Even if you don't need it. Yeah. The safe space to, yeah, kind of hear, you know, your feelings and just, yeah, kind of sort through stuff. Life is busy and crazy and motherhood, especially is a chaotic season. And it just kind of helps you file away things and just, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it's beneficial for everyone. So it's um, almost like preventative care, you know, just like you would do preventative care for any other aspect of your health. Absolutely. Um, Therapy can also be preventative care to prevent you from getting to a place where, you know, you're less likely to seek help or you're really, like you say, in the trenches. So 
Yeah, I think absolutely that should be something that exists. Preventative therapy. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. Um, another really exciting thing in the platform is that we have a obstetric and neonatal pharmacist who just kind of lives in one of the forums and she's there to kind of answer questions. I know that as I've had this conversation with people around me, um, one of the biggest barriers is just trying to navigate if you need medication, if that's safe, what medication you would take, what that would look like in pregnancy and breastfeeding and kind of weighing those risks versus risks instead of people having the narrative that medication is bad for you, um, in motherhood, it's, okay, how bad, how badly are you struggling? What tools have you tried so far? And just kind of weighing those risks, because if you are severely depressed and you're not able to, um, you know, make that secure attachment with your newborn or your severely anxious through pregnancy and that's altering, um, you know, the biological process going on. So just kind of having those conversations and helping you weigh risk versus risks, um, about medications, which can be a scary conversation, right? So, um, having her in there to kind of field those questions and help you, um, make decisions about that, I think is such a cool offering that I definitely could have. Yeah. It's invaluable for sure. So one of our questions is, um, you know, that we're all leaders in some way. And can you tell us about how you're a leader, if there was a defining point or person, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Lauren, but it sounds like you're very much being a leader by sharing your journey. (laughs) Um, and, but Megan, what, um, how, how are you a leader? Um, and you know, what's been a defining point for you? Can you speak to that a little bit? Hmm. I'd say I became a leader at a younger age through sports. Honestly, my dad was a basketball coach, so I was in gyms. I grew up in gyms and, um, <laughs> it's funny cause now I like cry to drop of a hat cause I'm so emotional about my children. But when I was younger, <laughs> I would always get yelled at and I never cried. So every coach right. I ever had would always yell at me and I'm like, I didn't do that. And they're like, I know, but you're the only one that's not going to cry. So <laughs> I, I was always the one that, um, but I took that, um, role. I loved being the leader. And a lot of people when I was younger would be like, she's so bossy. She's, you know, she always runs the show, whether we are playing house or whatever. And my dad would always say, she's not bossy. She's a leader. Um, Speaking of her duplicate daughter. I remind her of that too. When, when people like, yeah, I always tell Megan, I'm like, Hensley's hard to parent, but it's going to serve her well when she's older. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Megan and it's, very much been a leader in this space as well. Just kind of, um, navigating a huge piece of this company that I would have been completely lost without. We're kind of yin and yang. Um, we're best friends, but we are very different people and it has, it's been fun to kind of navigate it and um, wear different hats and kind of, you know, remind each other on bad days and, you know, (laughs) go through ups and flows and yeah, it's, um, we've both kind of had to step up on different days, you know, when we're having this or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things happen. So, yeah, that's amazing that you guys have each other and Megan, so you can kind of handle the marketing and strategy. Is that right? Yeah. I'm more of the business operations side behind Mm -hmm. the scene and Lauren's definitely the heart and soul, uh, and the science behind everything. That's awesome. What a great match. Um, so what, um, let's shift a little bit and talk about poverty. And, um, I'm, I think it would be interesting to have a conversation. Like you said, you guys 
were, you know, have had great support and great life and can't imagine what people who don't have that support are going through. When it, when did you guys first learn about poverty? Um, what did that look like? I'll go first. So I lived in a very rural area and I actually, um, remember being in like first grade and we were on a school trip and you got to pack your lunch and that was so exciting. And my bus mate had a bag of pickles and a piece of cheese. And I came home and I'm like, mom, can you believe that all he wanted was pickles? And she was like, you know, she taught me it was a lesson. She was like, I don't think he chose that. He didn't get to go to the store and pick his Lunchable like you did. And I think, you know, I was so caught off guard, but that moment has stuck with me for a really long time. And I wish, you know, I wish I would have known and like offered him food or whatever, but I was just shocked that he wanted a pack of pickles. So I remember being very young and then it kind of clicking and seeing it more often and realizing that, um, people are given situations and don't always necessarily have the choice to, um, to have different outcomes. So Mm -hmm. you guys can't see it, but Megan is tearing up. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Megan, to rat you out, but after I told uh, the story about, I didn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I think it It just, speaks to like how you understand the privilege and the position that you're in to be able to do this and, and that you don't take that for granted. Um, so yeah. And you know, we're, we're we're all real and we're all human. So yeah, Yeah, it has, um, definitely been such a huge piece of, I always knew from a young age, I wanted to work with people. I didn't know what that was going to look like, whether it was going to be a teacher or a nurse. Um, I grew up nannying, you know, I just have always loved serving people. And so, um, I feel so fortunate that I'm doing something that doesn't feel like work. Um, Megan being kind of the business gal in the situation. Um, we laugh all the time because it wouldn't be a business if it was just me, I would do it for free. Um, (laughs) I do feel so, um, lucky and blessed in the situation that I was born into. Um, I went, I grew up in a private school. So to be completely honest, I, I didn't know poverty, um, for a long time. I do remember, um, going on a vacation at a very young age and, you know, it's ironic. I was on a fancy vacation and, um, we were with my mom's whole side of the family. And I just remember driving, um, through a part of town where, you know, there were people struggling visibly on the side of the road. And I just remember being just completely blown away that not everyone in this world lives like me. I was very sheltered from it. And, um, as I've grown up and I've gone through some other experiences, I ended up, um, switching to the public school and kind of got to see some different family dynamics. And, um, then I lived in LA for a while and literally went broke trying to help people. You know, I just hadn't (laughs) seen that in Springfield. It was, you just never saw that. It was a very, um, few and far between that you saw someone, you know, asking for money or needing something and seeing that all the time, every day, it weighed on my heart so much. And, um, my family would laugh because they'd come to visit me and I'd be, you know, be, I I was broke myself, but not in the way that I was struggling was so much different than how they were struggling. I was like, I have a roof over my head at night. So if I can't afford my $200 grocery run, like that's okay. So (laughs) I'm I'm very passionate. I'm very much an empath. And so when I see people struggling, it, it 
just breaks my heart yeah. mm-hmm. and especially children, um, you all's cause and what you are doing just is leaving such a huge imprint on this world. And it's so important because these, I mean, just tucking our babies into a warm bed at night is such a privilege and, um, keeping their tushies dry at nap time. Like I was just saying, like, that is, that's not a given. And some people don't have that. And I just can't imagine how heartbreaking that is. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with all the help that we've had through our life and the, um, privileged, um, situations that we've been in, it's, it's so hard to understand how devastating that would be as a mother to not be mm-hmm. able to provide those basic needs. Right. So. And how I think too, how it's that unseen thing that we as mothers right here all know is so very real, which is the mental health piece. So mm-hmm. again, it's hard enough when you have support But now speaking specifically about families we serve or even moms we serve who um, have a kid, they're on their own, they don't have any support, they can't afford diapers. And they're, I mean, I just can't imagine, I know my own self-talk and how worthless I would talk, you know, I would probably have that narrative going through my brain of just how worthless I would feel because I can't provide something so simple for this little you know, being that I brought into the world. And I just imagine that the men- that getting mental health at that level is even more complicated. So obviously we, as a society, still have a long ways to go. <laughs> um, I mean, ment- the mental health care system in general is yes. so hard to navigate. I see, you know, pretty well to do people every day struggling to navigate it. So mm-hmm imagine that you don't have the time and resources and money and insurance and someone to help you and childcare and all these barriers on top of you. So it's, yeah, it, it's devastating. And, um, you know, we, we hope to make a, a, a tiny, um, you know, start chipping away at that as as you all. And I love what you guys are doing and that we get to be a part of it and, Mm -hmm. um, kind of see those changes because yeah, it starts with one person, you know, we can't, we can't change the world overnight, but we can make a small difference and we can change the narrative around us and make other people realize that they can also change a small piece of it. And if everyone changes a small piece, then it'll be a big change. And it's a movement. Yes. (laughs) That small difference to us, which might be one box of diapers is life-changing for people. So I think we need to remember that too, that those little small acts really, really add up. Yeah, absolutely. I've, excuse me, I've been in this position for like a year now, and I'm still learning about the impacts that this has on specifically single moms. There was an article that I read the other day about a mom who was so anxious about others judging her in public, you know, that she would might lose her child to the system that she would reserve the clean diapers for when she would take the baby out of the house because she knew if she had a dirty diaper or if someone saw the baby, you know, wasn't in the best situation, she feared that they would take him away. And I just thought that is something that never even crossed my mind, even though I've, you know, learned all of this information over the last year and a half. Yeah. But that's just another piece, you know, like you're worried that someone's going to think you're a bad mom because your baby doesn't have a clean diaper. Yeah. And you're worried that the system is going to take them and, you know, your shot at getting them back is really hard because the yeah. system, we you know, is so flawed. And that, that really stuck with me. 
Yeah. When you, when we talked to you guys another time prior, I remember you guys talking about, um, moms missing work because they couldn't supply diapers for daycare. And then those Mm -hmm. are the things that we've just never fortunately had to think about. And I can't imagine the stress and yeah, the hit on your mental health and the feeling of worthlessness that could come with that when you're just trying to make ends meet and you have to choose between going to work and taking your baby to daycare Mm -hmm. uh, because of a diaper need. So just these basic needs that we take for granted can be so life-changing and for those And it really is a system thing. I think I I'm a little bit like you, Lauren, and you know, I, I feel like I grew up very privileged. I mean, when I was young, my parents worked hard, they struggled, but you know, my, my dad just ended his career in a very, very great place, but he worked his butt off to get there. But I mean, I remember I would, you know, you'd see people on the corner and you'd just think, oh, they're homeless. And I never, I never really had that story or that narrative of why and how that happens. And that didn't really happen for me until I learned about diaper banks and people needing diapers and what, um, you know, how people don't choose this really that there's usually a system that keeps them in that position. So I think about that all the time, even just with the lack of support system and how many times in my life that I have had to fall back on that. And that if I didn't have that, what would I have done? You know, it's the people that don't have that. I just, there's, I don't know. It's trying to convince them that like, you didn't cause this and you're not doing anything wrong. You were born into, or have gone through a situation that has set you up with so many more barriers than people around you. And it's hard to see things from another perspective and how other people are living. Um, but even growing up in a pretty good situation and having a good education, there were times in my life where I thought, okay, if I didn't have anyone to turn to, what would I do right now? You know, and it's, um, it's just devastating that people are in that spot every day. And that one of those things that they're facing is how do I get a clean diaper on my baby? So do you guys have, um, any thoughts on why some of us end up in a pile of it and some of us get out clean? (laughs) (laughs) It is, um, such a multifaceted, thing. I don't think it's, you know, just one thing or another. I think it's a combination of, um, what you're born into and the resources that you have. And, um, I don't know that I could pinpoint one thing. I think that it's, it's just a compounding effect. I think when you are, it starts as a baby when you're in a diaper, like we said, you know, 33 years ago when I was in diapers, it starts then it starts with that, um, maternal attachment and a mother's mental health and, um, your own development through childhood and the experiences that you face and the schooling that you receive. I mean, it starts at such a young age. And if you can't attend school because your mom, um, is unable to, provide that for your transportation and you're missing school. And then you get in trouble with the system. Or if a child has a, um, mental, mental health issue that the school is appropriately addressing, and then the child gets kicked out of school or they're marked as a troublemaker. Um, and it's just such a cascading effect from childhood. Um, 
that there, it's so hard to even imagine how do you even, how do you catch up once you're adult and adult and realized what all you've been through and all the barriers that you've faced, how do you catch up? You know, you don't have this solid foundation to start mm-hmm. from. It's like mm-hmm. you're building on sand. So I just, I think, you know, it starts as a baby and a mom's mental health. And that's yeah really, um, why we focus on talking about the socio-emotional impact on a child's development, um, starts when you're in diapers. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can top that. It's a pretty, <laughs> a pretty vicious cycle, unfortunately, in our country, um, across the world where, um, yeah, a lot of times the cart, the deck is just stacked against you from the get go. And I think that's where, you know, educating and informing, um, our communities is how we try to break that down. And it can be as simple as donating money or donating diapers or time to help these people get one foot in front of the other to try mm-hmm. to try to break that cycle. Yeah. Having this conversation and helping people realize this isn't just about diapers. Sometimes we don't realize how privileged we are until we have these very deep conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely. What do you guys most value? Uh, my family. I think everything that we do is to support them or be the best version of myself, which also supports them. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to my family was very close. Um, when I was young, my grandma was my babysitter, like the whole thing, like we were always together. Um, and, and knowing that, that someone was there going to be there for you, no matter what, poor decisions I made or, um, trouble I came into that you'd have someone to fall back on. So I think, um, just relaying that into my kids is important. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be, um, more creative, but yeah, I mean, it comes back. <laughs> I just, I value so much my family and my support system and having that because, um, so many people don't, and it's so easy to take it for granted and to, um, you know, just kind of expect that, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine doing it without them. And just my village of people that I've been able to um, have around me and just know that um, if I come into a situation where I need help, I have that help and I have that support and um, I I can't imagine living without it. So Mm -hmm. I think just my, my fam, my my small little nuclear family. And then also just my friends and, you know, family who are around me, who I know are there for me on good and bad days. And, um, yeah, it usually takes about 24 hours of solo parenting to remember that very quickly of how fortunate (laughs) we are to not be doing that day in and day out. Yeah. Ashley and I are both, um, single moms. So we get it. <laughs> I've, yes. got, I've got my kiddo about 85% of the time. It's, um, she's luckily she's 15 now, so it's a breeze, oh. but those younger oh, years. Is it? Wow. Okay. <laughs> that age scares we me. need some tips then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think I, yeah, she's, um, I don't know. I lucked out, man. She is like the best, easiest kid in the world. Knock on all the wood in the world. Um, but yeah, she's, she's great, but yeah, that, 24 hours as the only parent at any time is it's brutal. It can definitely be brutal, (laughs) especially in those younger years. How did you guys, so wait, you, um, 
both have lived other places. Did you start having kids when you were in Kansas City or did you have kids in those other places? Yeah, so we actually, our husbands, our uh, college roommates, best friends, lived in Chicago together. Um, So we actually connected in Chicago uh, and we had um, our little ones there. Okay. And then I realized we better scurry back um, for some more help and some <laughs> extra hands. Uh, so we've been back for a few years. But. Yeah. but you had, so you guys had each other when you had those first kids. I was going to ask, like, if you had any tips on how to, you know, if you don't have that family support system, how to find that village. Um, and if you guys have had to go through that, like when you were in Chicago, obviously you had each other, but do you have any tips for, you know, how people can go about finding that village? Yeah. I think a family is what you deem it, you know, it doesn't have to be blood. Um, a lot of my friends, including Lauren have been, um, you know, my kids call her aunt Lauren and not their aunt, but she's just as important, um, as all of their aunts. And, um, loves on them like they are her own. So you just have to find those people, um, quality over quantity for sure. Um, latch onto those people and, um, reach out. I think that, um, a lot of people are more willing to help than we even realize. Um, whether it's even just like going on a park play date or talking to the mom next to you at the swings or something. I think people, um, really do want to build that community. Um, I don't know if it's, just that it is hard to ask in motherhood or now this culture that we're in where we're constantly on screens that it's, it takes more courage to ask someone in person. Um, Yeah. There's definitely a narrative. I mean, like we talked about at the beginning of the call, it's like, you know, do it all and do it well and make it look Pinterest worthy and put a filter on it. And that's not real life. So um, just asking for help is huge. And we've both had to learn um, to be better at that. And I think, you know, also offering, um, when you're, when you're reaching out to someone to offer help, like uh, offering actual solutions, like things that you can do instead of just being, let me know if I can help you. Cause some people, especially more introverted people or people who are navigating the fog of the postpartum period, they don't know what they need. Mm -hmm. So think about what would have been helpful for you in that moment. And that's maybe a warm meal dropped off on your porch. I don't need to see the baby. I don't need to come in and bother you. Like there will be a dinner 6 PM on your porch or, um, you know, give them three options. Like I can bring you dinner. I can send you a gift card for dinner, or I can drop coffee off tomorrow morning. I can hold the baby for a nap tomorrow or so you can shower. So like tangible, feasible solutions so that people just have to pick one (laughs) instead of saying, I think I'm good. Um, Yeah. Just think about what you wanted. Take the, out the trash, do something. Um, if you are at that visit, um, but also just extending that lifeline and asking again, how are you really um, giving people the opportunity to open up? And sometimes all you need to do is listen. I love so much what you guys are doing. You're these young, beautiful women, but you have so much wisdom and passion for what you're doing. And I think it's going to make a big ripple in the community. And we're happy that you've come on board with us as well to support our mission. Um, You know, I was, a stay-at-home mom for many years and moved here from Virginia. So I didn't have that community. So I would have loved to have the support of what you guys do. And now I'm kind of finding myself in that situation again as a single mom, because like, even though you have friends, their lives move on with their families and you're just kind of still a single person doing it on your own. It's kind of isolating. So if you 
want to expand your services in the future. (laughs) Absolutely. We've talked about that and we've talked about how it will probably just naturally kind of evolve too, um, as As we grow up, our kids grow up, but, um, I know that parenting doesn't get easier. My husband's saying is parenting doesn't get easier. It's, it gets different. And that's so true. There's going to be so many other chapters that feel easier or they feel harder and you need different tools in your toolkit. So that's definitely something that I have on my mind is, um, and motherhood in general. And we quickly turned the conversation when, when we first started this idea and when I decided to go back to school and really focus the conversation really quickly changed from postpartum mental illness to like, okay, that's really common, more common than we thought, but there's so many other struggles across the spectrum of motherhood. Like I said, from trying to conceive and infertility and loss, um, through pregnancy and postpartum, but then far beyond that, um, up, you know, up through single parenting or raising adolescents and all of the challenges that come with that. So that's definitely something we have on our, um, radar. Yeah. Awesome. So where can people follow you, find out more information about what you guys are doing? Tell us all those fun details. Yes. So we're on Instagram at the matrescence and our website is also thematrescence.com. Can you spell the matrescence for everybody, even though we'll put it in the notes. So it's the matrescence, M-A-T-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> put me on the spot uh, <laughs> and we also have an app so it is available in the app store and on google play um, so if you have a membership you can download the app and everything is right there at your fingertips whether you're in, up in the middle of the night nursing or you're laying on the floor playing cars oh yeah that's another time. thing we didn't really <laughs> talk about is the wellness yeah. check and i'll yeah. just touch on it really quick because sure. i think it's such a huge piece of the membership is Um, we check on the the mama one-on-one. So you, with your membership, get a one-on-one wellness check-in and it's really just meant to hold your hand and help you navigate through all the resources that exist. So whether that's, you know, lingering pain after childbirth, or you're having trouble with breastfeeding, or you need a mental health therapist, um, all of those things that exist that are really hard to navigate. Does my insurance pay for this? How many sessions would I need? What is this going to cost me? What does it act? What, what do you expect? You know, it's really intimidating some of these things. Um, so talking about all that, what are your biggest stressors and struggles right now? And really holding your hand through solutions. So, um, that's something that, you know, I am super passionate about. Cause I feel like that's what I needed. I need, so- I needed someone to say to me, like, let me help you and let me make an appointment for you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was that's literally awesome. my husband being like, I, you need someone else to talk to. And it, like, I just <laughs> that validation to actually yeah. do it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're really excited about that. That's incredible. Well, I can't wait to see what you guys do and where you go. And, um, even if you, you know, membership isn't possible for you right now, I know that even just following you guys on social media will be incredibly beneficial. So everybody be sure to check them out. Um, Absolutely. And we both, you know, that's one thing we're super passionate about is keeping it an intimate space and setting it apart from just a, um, you know, Google discussion board or whatever, Mm -hmm. or a Facebook group is we really do try and be present and make it an intimate space and get back to everyone. So yeah, if you can't afford a membership and you need support, like please reach out. Um, we try to get to all of our messages, um, within a couple of days. So we would, we would love to be a a pillar of support for you. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys. It was great. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And did, did the, did the little one finally sleep? <laughs> <Out. laughs> <laughs> finally stopped crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's good. All right. Well, thanks guys. Have a great day. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Bye so guys. Much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, that was a great conversation. Yes. I love them. Uh-huh. They're really fun. We They're love everybody we talk to, let's we- face it. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you, this, that's what I love about this kind of, you know, discussion is like, you find out that you really have more in common with everybody, even if on the surface, maybe you think you wouldn't. We're all, you know, human. We all have passions. We all have similar things in common mm-hmm. and you can't really find that out until you have a long form discussion with someone. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, they are very generous. They support Happy Bottoms. So we just love the work that they do and hope that some of our listeners out there get to take advantage as well and check them out and that it could be a good resource for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even our client moms, you know, who probably, you know, wouldn't be able to afford the membership, but there's great information on their website and content content in their social media that would be helpful to our moms as well. Absolutely. And I think they're even doing some live videos too. So those would always be good to watch on their Instagram feeds when they're, you know, again, if you can't afford the membership, check out their live videos when they offer them and ask questions. But like they said, if it's something you can't afford and you need help, reach out. I'm sure they can still help with some resources and some other options. So, and especially this time of year, going into the holidays, Thanksgiving, December, you know, um, a lot of people find it very joyous and a lot of people really struggle this time of year and it's hard that the, you know, the days are shorter, it's colder, it's, um, it can be a challenge, uh, for whatever reason. So, um, make sure that you're all taking care of your mental health. It is important. Absolutely. Sun, if it's shining, go out and get you some. Cause right. Know <laughs> exactly. I broke, so yeah. I broke down and got a sun lamp last year because I cannot handle the no sun. So I sit in front of it this time of year in the morning and the night. It's fantastic. I need to do that because I struggle with it as well. I didn't even know that was a thing that exists. It's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. (laughs) It's a wonderful thing. Um, So Thanksgiving is like this week. What are you, what are you doing, Ashley? Are you going home to Virginia? I don't go home on Thanksgiving. I go home at Christmas, but um, one of my friends, actually Eric's parents have kind of adopted us as someone that I went to elementary school with. I've known since I was five years old and we share a birthday. (laughs) They're amazing people. They just, you know, they knew we didn't have family here. They kind of adopted us and they have this amazing tradition of making brandy Manhattans at like 1030 in the morning. I love it. Drink brandy Manhattans and have a lot of laughs and stuff ourselves and then take a long winter's nap. So that's amazing. I know their family, Eric's family has, uh, I know I don't really know Betsy, but their family's always done such a, they've just always been so welcoming for Thanksgiving and then, you know, including people who don't really have family or friends around. And um, I got to go to their Thanksgiving one year and it was just, yeah, it's, lovely 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 people so I'm so glad you'll be doing that that's great yeah what are you doing I um, am actually going to in fact when this airs I'll be in 
Florida. <laughs> so I'm going to Florida. My parents are snowbirds. So um, we'll be in Florida for part of the week. And um, that's my dogs. <laughs> Obviously recording the podcast at home. I had to give the dogs a little uh, extra special treat, a bully stick while we were recording so that they would stay quiet. And the younger dog, the puppy, um, is done with her bully stick and tried to get the other dog's bully stick. And as you heard, it did not go very well. The other dog smell so bad. They're so gross. They are so (laughs) gross. I know. They're the healthiest treats. So I tried to do it for a while. And my son would just complain about every time I got them out of the bag. If you, even if you were in a different room, you can smell them. They're awful. They're really bad, but the, and, and I don't give them to the dogs very often. I really do hold it out for as like super special occasions and treats. They just love them so much, but you're right. They smell awful. I mean, just kidding. Bully sticks. We love them. Please sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) It is the best nutritious treat for the dog, but it is, it's their favorite. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I'm excited and I'm excited about like our year end at happy bottoms. We've got a lot coming up we're um we're doing spirit week at happy bottoms i'm so excited pajama day i'm very excited i hope my pajamas aren't too risque (laughs) (laughs) i mean i am an adult now i don't think they're like me (laughs) oh my gosh that's hilarious oh i'm busting out the fleece pajama like winter that's totally what i'm busting out and i was like wonder if everybody will actually show up in pajamas what are we gonna get i can't i can't wait yeah, what are we doing? We're doing pajama day, dress up or down day, so you can be fancy or not fancy. Crazy sock or hat day, so we'll see who has the craziest. Um, oh, decade, decade day. Dress is your favorite. Do you know what you're going to do for your favorite decade yet? Well, my favorite decade is the 90s, so I'll probably <sighs> wear like a band t-shirt with the flannel shirt wrapped around my waist. Yes. Do you have some big clunky boots to wear? <sighs> You need like no, but you know those are coming back in style, like the oh. Doc Martin kind of boots. Yeah, I do. I see them everywhere. I know. I still have my big clunky boots from the '90s. I love the '90s. <gasps> Maybe I can wear overalls. Those are back too. But as a 47-year-old, I don't feel appropriate wearing them. But it's decade day, so I don't care. <laughs> I want some good pictures to post on social media. Yes, yeah, and then of course Spirit Day. So Happy Bottoms, wear your Happy Bottoms swag. I can't wait. We're gonna do Secret Santas and some planning days. It'll be very fun. Big plans oh. for 2022 at Happy Bottoms. Okay. Well, I hope you guys, um, all of our listeners have a wonderful, our listeners, my mom. Hi. Um, I hope you guys, <laughs> oh, and Mark Gungashik. Hi, your listener too. Um, I hope you guys all have a great holiday and Thanksgiving and, um, we'll see you back here next time. Bye everybody. Bye.